Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. If you're writing notes, at the top of your notes, the title of my message today is Help Yourself. Help Yourself. Now, this is not a self-help message. But it is an invitation to inheritance. In the Old Testament, if you look at God and how he reveals himself to mankind, he reveals himself as Adonai, this wonderful creator. And this revelation of who God is unfolds over time as the nation of Israel journey with God and journey out this covenant that they make with him, that they've made with him. And he reveals himself as Jehovah, the all-sufficient one, Yahweh, who, who doesn't change. He's constant, and he, he loves to reveal himself. And he's Jehovah who heals, and he's Jehovah, the banner of victory, and he's Jehovah Jireh, the provider. There's so many elements as God journeys with this nation, how he reveals himself to the, to the people. But towards right at the end of the Old Testament comes the prophet Malachi. And the last words of the Old Testament before literally 400 years of radio silence from God. In other words, there's a period of 400 years between when Malachi gives his prophetic words to when John the Baptist begins to, to, to say, prepare the way uh, for the Lord is coming. There's a period of 400 years of just radio silence, no prophetic words from God, just this waiting period. But the last words of, Ma of Malachi really are very powerful and they're very poignant because they point to something. They point to a reality that you and I get to live in today. And it, it creates a wonderful sense of expectation. And Malachi ends like this. He says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I strike the earth with a curse. Now, this idea of fathers, not mothers, but fathers being turned towards the children and children to the fathers is significant. Not to say that motherhood is insignificant. Motherhood is very significant. But there is something that a father conveys to a child because a father is the one who is the giver of the seed. A father is the one through whom the seed and the inheritance is perpetuated. The last words of, this, of the Old Testament are really chilling. They talk about, he says, and the, lest I strike the earth with a curse. To say that if the hearts of the fathers are not turned towards the children and the children's hearts are not turned towards the father so that there's this beautiful relationship of impartation that takes place, there will be a curse. In South Africa, our current stats, as of I think it was 2017, 61.8% of children under the age of 18 in our country are being raised in fatherless homes. More than half our population. Our murder rates, our gangsterism rates, our drug abuse rates, alcohol abuse rates, unemployment rates, gender-based violence rates, uh, unemployment, teenage pregnancy, rape, poverty, homelessness are all some of the highest in the world. This, folks, is what the curse looks like. When fathers are absent, when the spirit of fathering, which has, is absent, fathering is not just being able to produce a child. Fathering is the impartation of 
of, of identity, the impartation of value and of love that shapes the very soul, the very identity of a child, male and female. When that is absent, we have young people with no sense of value, no sense of duty or responsibility, who spend their lives trying to earn love and respect. They try to earn it. They try to demand it. They insist on their rights and they fight tooth and nail to get anything that they can, that they can hold on to. It's an orphan mentality that said, I have to take something because nobody is going to freely give it to me. Nobody's going to just be kind to me. Nobody's just going to love me. I have to go and take authority. I have to go and take power. I have to go and take everything that I can because who, who's going to, how else am I going to get it? How else am I going to get the privilege of those to whom, you know, it just comes so naturally because of who they were born under? As I've said, the very pinnacle of God's creation is not that he is the creator, is not that, that all the other things sort of show what he is like and what he does and demonstrate his power. But the true revelation that Jesus came to bring us is that God is not just this creator. He's not just a provider and, and this victor and all powerful, but he is a father. And that is so significant because of the things I've just shared with you. Fatherhood gives identity. Fatherhood conveys value. It conveys purpose. It conveys responsibility. And this is what Jesus came to bring us into. I want to read to you from the Message Bible the first couple of verses of Romans chapter 8. And just listen to the language that Eugene Peterson uses. It's so beautiful. He says, with the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that faithful, faithful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ's being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a fated lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. So we lived a life in, as he says here, the brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Like orphans, having to strive, having to fight to survive, having to strive to fight to make it in all spheres of life. So often the easiest analogy to use is a financial one. But, but this applies across the board. This applies in terms of our character development. It applies in our spirituality. It applies in our relationships. And this wonderful realization that Jesus Christ has brought us into has incredible implications. Folks, for us to just say that we are children of God in some nonchalant way and, 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 and forget everything that that really means, we've lost the plot. You know, there's so much in that. We can't, it's not just some, you know, interesting fact. It's, there's so much power in that. And I think if we don't realize that, we never live in the fullness of it. There's so much that God has brought us into, so much that he has made available to us because he is our father. A little bit later in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 17, I'll read from the Passion Translation, says this. You did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that so beautiful? 
the righteousness, the position that we could never have attained, no matter how hard we worked or tried, God has done through Jesus Christ, making us fully accepted as a family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, he says, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father, or in the original Aramaic, Abba, daddy. There's something that happens when this realization begins to take place. And we're going to speak about this towards the end again, where Holy Spirit brings to life this realization and brings to life something within us that comes from deep within that doesn't just acknowledge God as father, but acknowledges him as dad, daddy. For the Holy Spirit makes God father, God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. You are God's beloved child. I grew up in a home where I knew tender love. I knew unconditional love. I know that I am my father's beloved child and my mother's beloved child. Many don't have that blessing. But isn't it wonderful to know that Holy Spirit whispers in our heart, you are God's beloved child. Now, as much as I am so proud to be the son of my father and my mother, boy, am I proud to be the son of the most high God. Isn't that incredible? Verse 17 says, since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. Did you get that? Because we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. Not just everything that he has, not just his power or his provision or his healing, but the very person himself. We are heirs of not only what God has, but heirs of who God is. And what is God? God is love. We are heirs of the very nature of God, the very love of God, the person of Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, and since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. Isn't that incredible? All of that belongs to you and is at your disposal. The fullness of God in Christ Jesus. So as I said to you, that, that as children of God, there are incredible privileges that are made available to us. And I want to use an old story to illustrate my point. As many of you know, I love my musicals. And today I'm going to talk to you about a musical. We're going to talk about Annie. Annie the orphan. Now I know Annie's not in the Bible, but you know what? Where something mirrors scripture, I'm going to use it. And Annie is this beautiful, beautiful picture. And there's some standout moments in this movie that beautifully illustrate what I'm trying to share with you and what God has done for us. The, the, for those of you who have not seen Annie, do yourself a favor. Get on Apple TV or get somewhere. Go hire the movie. You'll be blessed. Your father's day will be spent well. So here's Annie, this little orphan. She wakes up and the whole, the whole movie starts with this little girl who's dreaming of a better day. We all know the song, just thinking about tomorrow, drives away the cobwebs and the sorrow. Let's hope that maybe tomorrow somebody will come and, and, and my mom and dad will come. Maybe tomorrow will be a better day. And when I'm stuck with a day that's gray and lonely, I just lift up my chin and I grin and I say, tomorrow. Maybe something will happen. Maybe something will, will break for me. But the truth is her situation is a rough one. And a little bit later on, Miss Hannigan, the orphan, the, the lady who, who looks after the orphans in the house, who's a real piece of work, gets them to 
scrub the floors and do the laundry and the children start singing a song it's a hard knock life for us it's a hard knock instead of treated we get tricked instead of kisses we get kicked it's a hard knock life and the funny thing is you know i love teaching my children these songs we listen to them in the car they watch the movies and two weekends ago i was doing some gardening doing some weeding and uh i got my kids to help me and it wasn't long before my two little kids were weeding the garden singing it's a hard knock life for us i got quite a kick out of that <laughs> <laughs> and so we have annie this little orphan working hard sitting in this horrible situation dreaming of a better day in comes oliver warbucks oliver warbucks is a billionaire and as part of his billionaire empire his team decided it would be good for him to do some uh, sort of public some good publicity for him to take an orphan and adopt an orphan for a week let an orphan come and live in his house and spoil an orphan and so they take annie and they take him to oliver warbucks's house and she can't believe what she sees this place looks like a train station she says and then comes a song where all the staff gather around and they start telling annie what's going to happen and she sings a song that says i think i'm gonna like it here because the song goes cecile will pick out all your clothes your bath will be drawn by mrs greer and Ned comes in to make your bed uh, and and she says oh i think i'm gonna like it here a little bit later they say when you wake you ring your bell for drake and he will bring your tray and when you're through mrs pew comes to take it away and she oh i think i'm gonna like it here and look i grew up in a good home but i watched that movie and i think oh, i wouldn't mind being adopted by oliver warbucks because hey that's 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 different to what i know this beautiful story but here's the catch they tell annie all these wonderful things that are here for her to do and then the very next thing they ask her to do is say so, so annie what do you want to do first but annie still thinks like an orphan and so annie looks around this place having heard all of these wonderful things and says well i think i'll start with the windows because and then the floors because if i mess while i do the windows then i can clean with and they say annie you don't understand you don't have to lift a finger here you get to do whatever you want to nothing everything is laid on for you you don't have to do anything and so a week goes by and she spent he takes her to a movie and he's you know they swim together and all these things that annie has never done before and long story short mr warbucks this wealthy billionaire falls in love with with annie and he tries to adopt her but here's the here's the catch again annie still identifies herself as somebody else's child and she says you can't mr warbucks you can't adopt me here's my locket and one day my parents are going to come with the other half of this locket and they're going to adopt me and, and you can't adopt me because they're going to come back so mr warbucks tries to he sends out adverts and he offers a reward for annie's parents to come long story short people come pretending to be her parents and they kidnap annie just for the ransom and it's only then that annie truly realizes the cruelty of the world that oliver warbucks took her out of a world that was ready to use and abuse a world that was ready to take 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 because it's filled with those with an orphan mentality at the end of the movie oliver warbucks and his staff they rescue annie take her home adopt her and at the end of the movie he's no longer mr warbucks she calls him daddy warbucks and there's a beautiful song and the funny thing is leah and i often sing this song he says we're together at last and she says we're together forever we're tying a knot they never can sever 
I don't need sunshine now to turn my skies to blue. I don't need anything but you. Beautiful relationship is developed. And, you know, this, uh, and here's the thing. Here's why it's like our relationship with God. We're taken, God brings us out of a world and out of a world of orphan thinking, of striving to try and earn and prove and be. He gives us an identity, his identity. He fills us with his love. He provides for our every need. And yet so much of our lives still spent identifying with who we were. Sons of this world, not as sons and daughters of God. Towards the end of that last song, and he says, I'm poor as a mouse. Daddy Warbuck sings, I'm richer than Midas, but nothing on earth could ever divide us. And this beautiful realization is that Annie has been brought into this world beyond her wildest dreams, where every need that she could ever have, financially at least, would be taken care of by Daddy Warbucks. Folks, this is the world that God has brought you and I into. A world where he is richer beyond our wildest imaginations, richer in love, richer in mercy, richer in kindness, richer in resources, richer in every possible way. There is no need that our God cannot meet spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially, everything. And we have become his sons and daughters, which makes us heirs everything that he is and everything that he has this is what god has done for you and i ephesians 3 verse 6 says this and this is god's plan that both gentiles and jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by god's children both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to christ jesus colossians 1 12 Paul is praying for them and he said, and giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us through Jesus Christ to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of the light. Folks, I am so glad that my sins are forgiven. I am so glad that I am saved. But that is not the end. That is only just the beginning. And so often we, we make that the end. We just got to get saved so that great we can go to heaven. And I want to say to you, Jesus didn't come to earth so that you could get saved and go to heaven. Jesus came to earth so that he could, so that we could be saved from this world and then be agents who bring heaven to earth. We become the children with Daddy Warbucks in the sky, if you like, as our provider and using his resources, meeting the needs of the world around us, spiritually, emotionally financially relationally we share his love we share his compassion we share his mercy with those around us we demonstrate what forgiveness looks like in the way that we treat people we show them what kindness is and we begin to bring that spirit of heaven that spirit of those who know that they are sons and daughters of god they have a clear identity they're not trying to perform to be blessed they know that they're blessed they don't work from a position of trying to earn blessing they work from a position of blessing. So let me ask you this, folks. If all this is true, how is it that you and I begin to partake of this wonderful inheritance? It's important to know that. It's important to know that all of this is out. I'm reminded of the story of the little old lady who saved up all her pennies all her life because all she wanted to do was go on a cruise. And she went, finally got enough money, and she brought this ticket for the cruise. 
and she sat in her cabin and enjoyed the views and loved this cruise. And towards the end, the captain saw the lady. She was out on the deck one day, and he says, "Ma'am, if you be, I haven't seen you at all. I haven't seen you in the dining area. Nothing." She says, "No, no, no. I, uh, I, I couldn't afford to go to the dining room. I couldn't afford to use, you know, all the facilities uh, because all I could afford was my ticket. So I've been eating crackers and bread and that sort of thing in my room." He said, "Ma'am, when you bought your ticket, everything was included. You had access to everything. It was all there for you." Folks, we must not be like the woman who say, I've got, I, I'm saved. Jesus, my sins are forgiven. Praise God. And I can enjoy the view from here because I'm in a different position. I'm not in my old home anymore. And forget that there is so much more that Christ came to give us. Folks, it is not arrogant to enjoy the blessings that God makes available for his children. I love my children. I love to bless my children. And what I love more than blessing my children is watching them enjoy the blessings that I make available to them. That is the same with God and with you. God wants to bless you with kindness beyond your wildest dreams. He wants to bless you with a revelation of love that is so deep that it actually changes who you are. How is it that we begin to engage in this and to lay hold of all that which God has made available to us? Folks, it's not just by praying a prayer. It doesn't come by observing some religious ordinance. It comes through relationship. Intimacy is the way. Intimacy is the avenue. Paul prays this prayer for the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 1, 17 to 18. But I want you to listen to the words that he prays. Verse 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of revelation, of wisdom and revelation, in the knowledge of him. He's praying that they would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, who he is experientially, relationally, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened by this revelation of who God really is would make you know what is the hope of your calling. In other words, this identity that you have, this purpose that you have and value that you have in God because he's called you, he's selected you, he's chosen you. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? So Paul is praying the very thing that I'm communicating to you today, that there is wonderful inheritance that God wants you to walk in and experience that you can be a beacon of light to the world around you, that they can, that you, it would provoke the world to jealousy, how you've got all things together. But he says this comes through the revelation of him, only through intimacy. You see, the degree of the inheritance that Christ has made available to us that we get to experience is directly related to or linked to our degree of revelation of him and our intimacy with him. We cannot walk in that which we do not know, like the lady in the ship. Had she known, she would have been at the buffet 24-7. She would have enjoyed all the shows. She would have taken part in everything. But she didn't know because she wasn't intimately aware with how things work. When she met the captain, everything changed. Don't know how much longer she had on her trip. It's just an analogy, but you get the idea. Folks, this, I've asked Stephen to share this morning. You know, Stephen preached last week. I said he was gonna to touch on some personal aspects from his life because this, the things that we shared, Stephen grew up as a believer. He grew up in a believing home. He grew up in the church. You've all, he's grown up before our eyes. 
But there was something that happened in his life over the past three years that has taken his journey with God, his, his level of intimacy with God to a new level. And therefore, it's also taken his experience of his inheritance to a whole new level, his experience of joy and compassion in God to a whole new level. And he didn't really touch on that last week, but it really fits with what I wanted to share with what I'm sharing with you this morning. And so I said to Stephen, come on, I want to give you five minutes. Share with us a little bit along these lines. So, Stephen, testimonies are a wonderful way to encourage us and to build our faith. Are you there, Steve? Maybe he's fathering right now. There he is. I'm here. Um, okay. I've been thinking about Michael asked me to share again, and I've been thinking about it. And I think the the scripture that Michael opened with is is the most poignant. Where Michael said the, the prophetic scripture of the of Elijah, Elisha or Elijah's role in John the Baptist of turning the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. So I mean, most of you know, you've seen me, you've, you've seen me grow, seen me grow up literally, physically. Um, but basically, on the 23rd of October 2016 was a very poignant moment in my life in a nutshell for me i don't believe i was in a deep dark place i don't believe i was all those things people think but what i was experiencing was that it felt like when dad had a vision of me enclosed in a room a cemented room with no windows or doors it did feel like i was i was in the futility of life is basically what i would say to you is that all of us too quickly get caught up in the day-to-day -day of life, of, of work, the needing to work, to support family. And you must understand my, 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 fam my home family was it's wonderful. It was a, for me, it was, it, was a, it was really enjoyable. Eliana was born in 2015, so she was, she was about a, a, year and a, a year and a bit. And, and Andy was very young, I think. Yeah. Um, but, or not yet, I'm not sure. Um, but basically, I remember working um, in an IT company for quite some time and long hours and grafting. And my family was my escape, where I would long to come home, I'd long to spend time with them. And it was a new family, it was good. And the reason I'm sharing that is it's important that I think you, we can have a preconceived idea that I was, I was completely in the, in the dark on the doldrums and then, you know, God turned on the light. Now, what he did was, I wasn't engaged in an active relationship with him, if I can put it that way. Now, I've always known him as my father. I've always related to him well. But just like my natural father, when you become a father, you get you, you draw closer to your, your natural father. For me, I had more in common with my dad when I became a father. And over time, you, you grow closer to one another and you, you begin to relate better. And it's the same with, with a heavenly father. On, on the 23rd of October 2016, he arrested my attention. He said, I know how you're feeling. I know how you are walking through this life, feeling like you're just you're walking in futility where you're chasing another man's dream, but you're not living the one that I've placed in your own heart. And for me, that was a pivotal message. And dad shared it. And, and there was an altar call. And I came up. And dad had a vision of that cemented room and breaking me out. And in, in my testimony, my dad, my physical dad, played a very vital and pivotal role in in illustrating the father's heart to me. And that's always been, that's always how my life has been, where my dad has always been my spiritual father as well as my natural father. That is just a unique component for me. And 
the Lord chose to use my dad as that, as that helping hand out of that place. What Michael's referring to is that from that point thereafter. Where, so what we need to understand is that the father turned his heart to me first. Just like all, all of our conver conversion or salvation moments is that the father out of his great love and mercy arrests our attention and we start to get a glimpse of his, of his fatherly love for us. But what that sparked in me is a, a desire to reciprocate, a desire to engage, a desire to, to not just talk about church, to talk about the Bible, but to explore it more deeply, to, to understand his heart a bit more, to put my head closer to his chest and, and hear his heart beat. And I'm still in that process. It's been from 2016 till today, so it's just less than four years. But for me, you, you all know the way I minister like I did last week. I love study. I love approaching the Bible as a, as a study and a subject. And I like exploring what the text says and, and uncovering. Because for me, that's how I get to know the Jesus that we know. I get to learn more about his heart. I get to know who he, who he is and who the Holy Spirit and the Father is. And for me, the most encouraging thing that the Father did for me in my testimony is that I remember the first day when I was in full-time ministry in March 2017, I've, I responded to the Father's call. I'm now, my whole life is devoted even more than it has been to Him. And I remember sitting there and saying, okay, now what? Now what, God? Now what, Father? What do I do? How do we do this? And what was encouraging for me, just like Michael shared a picture of, an, of, of him and Leah and, and Daddy Warbucks and Annie, he's a dad. And he knows how he's made you and he knows who you are better than anybody else. And he said, well, engage with me the best way that you, the way you like to engage with me, the way you engage with me. I just want to meet with you. I just want to spend time with you. So for me, that was, like I said, study. That was the Bible project was a, is a big component in my understanding and revelation of who he is. Going on walks with my dog in the morning. Not, not um, you know, prayer closet can be anything. It can, a prayer closet can basically be you spending isolated time with the with the father and for me going out with my dog in nature and, and listening to worship music and just spending time with him getting out of your routine and your and your stuff that helps me so always when i share with people i always tell them find your engagement point with the lord if he's prompting on your heart find find what is he whispering to you in terms of how to get to know him better because he knows you quite well and he's made you for a specific you know, he's made you in a specific way and he knows how to engage your heart and all we have to do is stop and listen. But I think sometimes we struggle in how to engage him and we, we make it a lot harder than it is. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's the father God creator and just like a natural dad and a good example, he just wants to spend time with you. And I think we put too much pressure on ourselves. I think we put too much expectation on what it should be and what it shouldn't be. You know, it's opening the word and hearing him speak to us through that word, understanding what the word is saying to first, and then understanding how we apply that word to our lives is, is very important. So I hope, I don't know if anybody's in that position where they feel, I know lockdown has come. It's interesting to hear different perspectives of lockdown, where a lot of the older folk, the young at heart, they say, oh, lockdown's been amazing. I've had time to slow down, and it's been great. And then us as parents are like, no, it's completely the opposite of what lockdown has been for us. So for me, the kids going back to school this week has been has been good. But no matter whatever lockdowns brought to you, some maybe some people are, are, are like 
they're feeling more pressure than they have before actually um and you're feeling that you're in this futility cycle where it can feel like you know work is just the joy has been stripped of it the purpose has been stripped of it and and you start questioning you know use let use that let the lord speak to you and let the lord either reassure you that hey you're on the right place you are doing what i've called you to do or or say you well maybe just spend more time with me in a way that is is meaningful to you i think we need to strip ourselves of the religious practice and we need to we need to remember the relationship of of who we have in our father god and it's something we can easily forget if we keep going through these routines and we keep going through so for me church has been different for the last few months and maybe that's a good thing where we can we can ask ourselves how do i define this relationship with the father and for me it's always a good thing to do so i don't know if that if that if that helps anybody or michael that's along the lines what you wanted me to share but you know that's that's what i that's on my heart and my testament thank you Stephen. that's bang on um and you know credit to god Stephen. you were not a bad guy before you were a lovable guy all along but you have grown in humility you have grown in vulnerability you have grown in compassion and grace and matured over and over and over over these years Stephen. we're incredibly proud of you we're grateful to god for the work that he has done in you because it's the work of god he's he's worked something in you and he's softened your heart so beautifully but credit to you Stephen, as well for the vulnerability that you've been willing to show with god and with all of us and for those of you who've watched the journey those of us who've watched the journey of Stephen's life over the past five ten years Praise God, Stephen. We're, we're very proud of you. We love you. Thank you for sharing that. The reason I wanted Stephen to share is because Stephen's been involved in church all his life. But when his relational aspect with God went to a different level, so many things in his heart, in his life, and his attitude began to change. He began to mature and take on a different level of Christ-likeness. His love for the Word of God has grown exponentially. His love for the people of God has grown exponentially because God is working in it. He is entering into greater and greater dimensions of experiencing the inheritance of who God has made him to be, of who Christ is in him. And Stephen, I really believe that the next season of your life is going to be a season of experiencing greater dimensions of the inheritance of God, not just in character or person, but in power. I believe that for you, and I pray that over you. And bless you. Thank you for sharing today. Folks, I want to round That's out. Right. I understand you, you understand the principle we're trying to create. I'm trying to communicate with you this morning. There is so much of God that He has made available for you, and He longs to, for you to experience and to walk into. And our role is to simply cooperate with the work of His Spirit. Let me read this verse to you in closing Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, coming from the Passion Translation. And so that we would know for sure that we are His true children. God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out immediately, my father, you're our true father. Again, it's the same Aramaic word, Abba, daddy, intimacy. Verse 7, we're no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy being God's very own sons and daughters. And because we're his, we can access everything our father has, for we are heirs of god through jesus the messiah folks there is no limit there is no gap there is no um blockage that god has placed in our way for intimacy with him he is god has done everything 
in his power to clear away every blockage, break every bondage, everything that limits and restricts us. He has done away with it all. And he's calling us into this beautiful relationship in which we discover the fullness of that work and begin to live it out for ourselves in our own lives. Folks, that's why I said to you this morning, the title of this message is Help Yourself. Not that you have to help yourself, but it's as if I, I say to you in my house, there's the fridge, help yourself. Help yourself. It's all there. You can have whatever you want. You can have as much as God of God as you desire, as much love, as much grace, as much wisdom, as much power, as much of his presence, and as much of his spirit as you desire. Help yourself. God is standing with open arms. And folks, that's the real message that I have for you today. It's a call. It's an invitation. But God says, come. So much more I want to bring you into. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.